0: Hello, my Rebels. Today, I take you through an incredible video by Arthur Pavlovsky, the Polish-Canadian pastor in Calgary, who hollered at the lockdown police till they left his church. Just an incredible video. I'll take you through it and the police reply. Uh, before I do, let me invite you to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. You'll be able to hear Arthur pretty clearly in a podcast. I mean, he is clear. But I wish you could see the cops, too. The armed cop, the, the sheriffs, the health inspector, The two plainclothes detectives. I wish you could see it because it's important. And to see it, just become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. Go to rebelnews.com, click subscribe. It's eight bucks a month. You get the video side of this podcast. It's really worth it. Plus, we could use the dough. That's how we pay our bills around here. We don't take any money from Trudeau. All right, here's today's podcast. Tonight, watch an incredible video of a Christian pastor exorcising lockdown police from his church. It's April 5th, and this is the Ezra LeVant Show. Why should others go to jail why? when you're a biggest carbon why? consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I'm it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Take a look at this video from a church in Calgary. It's from this weekend. You might recognize the
1: voice. You'll see his face at the end. Please get out. Get out of this property. Immediately get out. Get out of this property. Immediately. Out. I don't want to hear anything. Out of this property. Immediately. I don't want to hear a word. Out. Out. Out Out of this property. Immediately until... You'll come back with a warrant, out, 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 out of this property, immediately out, immediately go out and don't come back. Don't, I don't want to talk to you. Not a word, out of this property, out of this property, immediately out. I don't care what you have to say, out, out. Out of this property, you Nazis! Out! Out! Gestapo is not allowed here. Immediately, Gestapo is not allowed! Out! Do you understand English? Get out of this property! Go! So go! Go! And don't come back without the warrant! Out, Nazi! Out! Out! You understand? Nazis are not welcome here. Out. And don't come back without a warrant. Do not come back without a warrant. You understand that? You're not welcome here. Nazis are not welcome here. Gestapo is not welcome here. Do not come back, you Nazi psychopaths. Unbelievable, sick, evil people. Intimidating people in a church during the Passover. You Gestapo, Nazi, Communists, Fascists! Don't you dare coming back here. Can you imagine those psychopaths? Passover, the holiest Christian festival in a year and they're coming to intimidate Christians during the holiest festival? Unbelievable. What is wrong with those sick Psychopaths, it's beyond me. Wow, that's Arthur Pavlovsky. You might
0: remember him as our very first Fight the Fines client last year when he was feeding the homeless. The same bully Calgary police literally ticketed him 1,200 bucks for feeding poor people on the street. Yeah, I think they picked on the wrong guy, don't you? I counted, he said out or get out or go 34 times. He did say please near the beginning, by the way. He said the word immediately eight times. He said the word warrant, as in a search warrant, three times. Other great words in there too, like not welcome. And they did eventually bend the knee very slowly. I looked and it took them one minute and 45 seconds to get off the property. Say, if you were illegally trespassing on someone else's private property and the police were right there, and told you to get off, do you think they'd let you dilly-dally for a minute and 45 seconds before physically throwing you out? Not on your life. You'd be pounded or tasered or just plain punched. Luckily, Arthur has more self-control than the police do. And by the way, it's never a good idea to physically assault an armed cop. Say, what's an armed cop doing going into a church in the first place? Was there, I don't know, a report that the church was being used as, say, a clubhouse for a biker gang? Is Arthur Pavlovsky a known threat? I see just the other day a Calgary judge let a couple of accused ISIS terrorists out on bail, so that's fine. No armed cops needed to guard them, but a Christian church on Easter weekend better send in cops with guns. Eh? As you may know, that's actually illegal. I can't imagine this law has been used a lot, but it is on the books. It's literally a crime in Canada to interrupt a church service. Everyone who willfully disturbs or interrupts an assemblage of persons met for religious worship or for a moral, social, or benevolent purpose is guilty of an offense punishable on summary conviction. Has that ever been prosecuted in the last century? I've never heard of it. I mean, who is that low? Who would be that gross, sacrilegious to interfere with a church service? Well, now we know, don't we? Police, sheriffs, Alberta health drones. Well, that video was seen tens of millions of times over the weekend. I tweeted it, and my one tweet alone, as you can see, had 2.4 million views on the weekend, and thousands of people were tweeting it and retweeting it. Now, the media party didn't. They don't care. They love Christians being roughed up In the best of times, and they're positively erotic, seeing a pastor roughed up for a lockdown crime. But the rest of the world, the normal people, were appalled by what they saw. Not up here in Canon, of course. At least as of yesterday, not a single media party outlet had covered what was the most viral video in the English world. Seriously, this video was played in full, as far away as Australia on the news.
2: Now, last Easter, people couldn't go to church in this country. It was a much better religious season this year, and I'll discuss that a little later in the show. But if you want to see just how ludicrous the pandemic measures can get, just how irreverent the hand of government and law enforcement can be, just have a look at what happened in Calgary, Canada. Health officials and police attended the Calgary Street Chapel during a prayer meeting to check on whether they were complying with health regulations,
0: coronavirus regulations. They played the whole thing on their leading private broadcaster in Australia, TMZ. Have you heard of them? They played the video. They're a Hollywood celebrity channel, but even they know what's riveting viewing. Not so for the media party in Canada. Either they don't care or they're lazy or they agree with the cops, probably all three. Today, I see that our friend Joe Warmington in the Toronto Sun wrote about it, a straight report. But... If you relied on the media party for your news, you probably just wouldn't know that even happened. The Calgary police were absolutely blasted by it online. They couldn't help that notice. Millions of people were hollering at them. Uh, so they put out this press release yesterday. Our statement regarding CPS presence at street church. Let me read a bit. Yesterday, Saturday, April 3rd, one uniformed member of the Calgary Police Service attended a call. Now let me just stop for a second. Would you please stop lying? There was a Calgary police officer, but there were also two peace officers, which are like sheriffs, and there were two undercover agents, plus the Alberta health official. There were six of them. Do you think that 20, 30 million viewers of that video didn't see what they saw? It's never a good idea to lie about something so easily checkable, especially to lie in response to people seeing the truth. It's just so bizarre. I'll keep reading. To assist our partner agencies, Alberta Health Services and City of Calgary Bylaw Services, in relation to a religious gathering being held at the street church located at... Now, I'm not going to show you their address because um, I don't need to dox them. You know what I mean? The cops doxed them. That's when you publish someone's street address. It's not a secret, the church address, but why would they publish that? Police never do that. They say things at most like the 2000 block of Main Street. They don't want to dox people. They never even dox criminals. Doxing is giving away private information like a private address or a private phone number. But they made a point of doxing Arthur Pavlovsky, didn't they? of giving out his address, even though it was completely irrelevant to their press release, because they're still raging at him. They're still humiliated by his courage. They're still stinging at the massive global black eye that their misconduct earned. I'll read some more. The concern was that the people in attendance were not adhering to the government's COVID-19 public health orders, which are in place to ensure everyone's safety. Got it. So you sent six people, including cops with guns, in attending public spaces, private homes, and businesses, we continue to strive for voluntary compliance with public health orders where that makes sense. But, but hang on, it's a church. Section 176 says you can't go into a church when it's on silence on this from the disgraceful Calgary police. They won't even say the church here because they know they committed a crime. Remember, this is the same police force that thought swearing at and tasering A young man who was skating on an outdoor arena was good police work. What a global disgrace and embarrassment the Calgary police are coming. I never thought I would say this. I grew up in Calgary. I never thought I would say these words. It is true. I'll read more. The majority of Calgarians are understanding and cooperative. However, CPS is often asked to attend these calls in an effort to help keep the peace due to high levels of conflict between citizens and health inspectors. Why why were you interrupting? If you want to give people a ticket, wait until the church service is done, wait outside, ticket people outside, if, if that's your goal. But busting into a church, no invitation, six people, guns, that's not reducing conflict, you liars. That's provoking conflict. Do you bring an armed cop with a gun when you're trying to reduce conflict? What a bunch of wicked liars. On Easter weekend, that's satanic. The organizer, of the, maybe some more. the organizer of the gathering was uncooperative with the health inspector. The organizer of the gathering. You, do, you mean the Christian, do you mean the Christian pastor? Is that what you want to say, but you won't say it? The gathering. You mean on Easter weekend? Is that, is that what you mean? But you can't say it, can you? Because it looks so, so bad on you. But they're really mad that the pastor was uncooperative. Doesn't he know that it's his job on Easter to cooperate with the riot squad coming into his church without a search warrant with a gun? But you saw the video. It was actually them who was uncooperative. They wouldn't leave. I'll read some more. And repeatedly raised his voice, asking all parties to leave the premises, which they did approximately one minute after entry and in a peaceful manner. Even that's a lie. I timed it. It was a minute and 45 seconds till they were off the property. Why would they lie about such a thing? Doesn't it just show that they lie about everything that they can lie about? That lying is their center, their normal, their default state. Even when they're caught and called out, they still lie about their lives. Can you trust such police in court? These perennial liars. I tell you, they're murdering their own reputation. Let me read more. No tickets were issued at the time and it will be up to our partner agencies to determine subsequent enforcement activity in response to this situation. Really? So, so some health bureaucrat can direct the cops on what to do? Is that how policing works, eh? And what situation do they mean? The violation of Section 176? The violation of the Trespass Act? Who will determine if tickets are issued for that? I'll read more. We understand the pandemic has caused great disruption to all Calgarians in their professional and personal lives. We do not wish to disrupt anyone's holidays or religious or spiritual events. However, we must support our partnering agencies when called upon to help ensure everyone can safely celebrate these occasions. You wicked, wicked people. The pandemic didn't disrupt the church on Easter weekend. Six thugs did. Stop your lying. Something is really wrong in Alberta. It's supposed to be the freest place, by the way. And yet every weekend they do this, all over the province. They do this at many other churches, often bursting right in. This guy with his strange backpack that I'm told by an ex-cop could be a surveillance device that eavesdrops on every cell phone in the church to identify everyone electronically by scanning their phones. That's what's in the backpack. Of course, the worst part was the 35 days in prison served by Pastor James Coates up in Edmonton in a maximum security prison for the sin of hosting a church. I don't know. Here's a typical Ikea store this past weekend. Here's a typical mall over this past weekend. That's all fine. Cathedrals of commerce are fine. Just not actual churches on actual Easter weekend. Oh, and then here's the Calgary police bending the knee literally, for Black Lives Matter in the pandemic, but you see that's different. I think Jason Kenney needs to stop this. He he needs to issue a public statement saying that Alberta does not believe in prosecuting clergy or storming into houses of worship, and it will stop doing so immediately and that he will investigate the cases where it has happened so far and review any police or prosecutorial misconduct. When he was federal cabinet minister, Kenny actually set up an office for religious freedom. It was excellent. Obviously, Trudeau shut it down. But where is that same spirit in Alberta itself? Alberta right now has the worst misconduct in the country for abusing clergy. In fact, I don't know any case anywhere else in the free world of a church leader put in prison for more than a month holding services? Have you ever heard that anywhere in the world? I don't know what's going on. I don't know who's really making the decisions here. But at the end of the day, the buck stops with the premier. It's up to Jason Kenney and his justice minister, Casey Madu, and to his health minister, Tyler Shandro. It is on them. The buck stops with them. I think you can agree with me. Arthur Pavlovsky is not going to stop. You'll have to put him in prison too, Does Kenny wanna do that? Why would he? It's not changing what these churches do. It's not making anyone safer or healthier or sicker, but it is destroying not only the reputation of Alberta as a free place that respects Christianity, but also destroying Kenny's own reputation as a defender of religious freedom. That makes no sense to me, but it might explain why Kenny and his party are actually trailing in the polls in Alberta to Rachel Notley's hated enemy. Stay with us for a moment. We told you the other day about the trust barometer by Edelman. That's the massive global PR firm. The big news I shared with you was that trust in Canadian media was so low That half of Canadians didn't just distrust the media, didn't just think the media was biased, but half of Canadians actually thought that the media deliberately and willfully lied. To which I'd say, just half? Well, now we learn from the same company, Edelman, that trust in big tech has fallen to a new low. Joining us now to talk about his new article in Breitbart.com entitled, "Survey." Americans' trust of big tech drops to all-time low is our friend Alan Bukhari. He's the senior tech editor for Breitbart.com. Great to see you, Alan. Um, It is to a record low. Only 57% of people trust big tech. But again, I would say, who are all these 50% of people? And what do they mean by they trust big tech? How could you possibly still trust them?
2: I mean, I guess if Amazon delivers your packages, you might trust Amazon if you don't look too deeply into what they do in terms of censoring books and so on. Uh, but it's interesting that it, it continues to fall, and it's actually falling in the United States faster than the rest of the world. So trust in the big tech platforms at an all-time low around the world, but uh, the United, for the United States public, it's even lower than that. And I think that speaks to the fact that you know these companies have been particularly aggressive in uh, in censoring people in the US, censoring uh, politicians, most notably uh, Donald Trump, and just general political interference um, over in, uh, in North America. And I think that's a symptom of the fact that there are no hate speech laws in the United States. Therefore, the left over the past four years has used Silicon Valley as a means to get around that by having Silicon Valley write the unofficial hate speech laws and regulate what people can and can't say in the public square.
0: Yeah. You know, I was just bewildered the other day that Donald Trump doing an interview with Laura Trump, his uh, daughter in law, that was censored and banned from social media. I follow some crazy characters on Twitter, including some tyrants around the world. I just want to hear their propaganda to know what they're trying to say. I follow a number of Chinese tyrants, and I follow Nicolas Maduro, the tyrant of. Of, of Venezuela. So I, I mean, I, I'm not following them because I, I agree with them or obey them. I'm following them because I want to know what my enemy says. It's incredible to me that foreign dictators can say what they want on the same social media platforms that the former president of the United States isn't even allowed to have an interview with him on. I, I think, I think that's madness. And I'm sure countries around the world ought to be thinking, if Silicon Valley censors Trump, why can't they censor Viktor Orban in Hungary? Why can't they censor Narendra Modi in India? Why would they be limited in their scope of who they can censor and attack, right?
2: Yeah, or the Chancellor of Germany or the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. And one of the things we saw after Silicon Valley platforms all banned Donald Trump while he was still president, uh, you know, the only world need to be censored in that manner what we saw was, you know, politicians in the French government, the German government, the Australian government, or the Mexican government, the Mexican president even, all are coming out and saying, you know, Silicon Valley power has gone too far. Um, So I think uh, that this is a trend we're going to see if Silicon Valley continues to uh, politically interfere where its uh, its interference is not wanted. Um, And in the US, I think, uh, you know, just today, there was news that Clarence Thomas has, uh, put out an opinion saying, "Well, you know, sooner or later, the Supreme Court will have to make a ruling on these tech platforms and what they're and what kind of speech they're allowed to censor." And he suggested they might be considered common carriers or places of public accommodation, which would very much restrict the uh, the kind of moderation they're allowed to engage in.
0: I saw that. I mean, uh, Clarence Thomas, by far my favorite judge on the Supreme Court, he really started developing some of the legal jurisprudence for how can you regulate these tech companies. And I think you're right. He's using analogies. I mean, we have to do that in the era of tech. I mean, sure, this technology is something we've never seen before, but we can draw analogies to the public airwaves and radio or public utilities and you know, electricity or, or a gas line. So although tech is new, we have templates for how to give people certain rights even if a private company has a monopoly or a near monopoly um tell me what you think about um clarence thomas starting to talk about i I don't even want to say regulating tech but at least stopping tech from acting like you know a company mining town where the boss says if you don't like it get yourself a new city you know
2: yeah. And uh, some of the analogies that he used, uh, are pretty, uh, uh, amusing. He, um, you talked about how, you know, well, you could choose not to use a toll road and instead, you know, swim across the river or, you know, if you can't use the, uh, the railway or the, or planes or the, uh, or the highways, you can choose to hike the Oregon trail. But, uh, you know, there's a reason those kinds of things are regulated and they can't just deny service to anyone. And, uh, that's the kind of analogy he's using. Um, Uh, What was also interesting about his opinion was that he uh, he you know said you know Congress should you know make new regulations to take all this into account. Otherwise, the Supreme Court will have to do so instead. And that kind of speaks to the way lawmakers have really abdicated their responsibility to protect users, protect ordinary citizens from the power of these tech companies, Uh, and, and the way which particularly I think the Democrats have uh, seen Silicon Valley power and their allies in Silicon Valley as an opportunity to censor and suppress their political opponents.
0: That's a great point. I mean, in Canada, our judiciary is so activist. I don't think the courts would say, hey, legislature, get your act together. I think our judges would just write the new law themselves and everyone would obey. I love the American system where you have a senior judge saying, hey, legislatures, there's a bit of a gap here. Here's a roadmap." That, that you may wish to consider. I think that's a very enlightened way of uh, a judge talking to the legislature. We don't have that up here. I want to ask you uh, a question, though, because I started by saying we know the Edelman Trust uh, study when it comes to media. And very few people trust the media. And on the right, that number is is extremely low. Some liberals still trust it because they can detect an ally. The solution to untrustworthy media, TV stations, radio stations, um, is social media, citizen media, citizen journalism. Get your own YouTube account. Get your own Facebook account. You know, it started with blogs and then social media. So in a way, fragmented citizen journalism was the answer to corrupt and untrustworthy corporate journalism. But now tech companies have colonized and regulated and smothered that refuge. So where do you, like, I know the answer, where do you run from ABC, NBC, CBS, up here, CBC? You run to YouTube, you run to Rebel News, you run to Breitbart.com. But what if the tech companies now strangle those places, which they're starting to do to us? Where do you run from here? Like, where's the lifeboat from the lifeboat?
2: Well, the lifeboat, I think, has to be, as you know, Clarence Thomas pointed out, some form of regulation to get these companies under control to end this sort of Wild West era where a bunch of uh, strongmen in Silicon Valley kind of uh, run everything, run the show, interfere in elections and censor anyone that they, uh, that they dislike. I do take a kind of optimistic view on this, though, because... If, for example, the Supreme Court were to say, well, actually, you know, these companies can't censor that they have to allow First Amendment protected speech, or if by some miracle there was a bill that made that same uh, point, you would just see an explosion, I think, in, you know, challenges to popular narratives, to the narratives of the progressive worldview, which is kind of built on, you know, a bunch of fanciful notions and lies. Uh, the only reason it uh, it is still standing, I think, is because of censorship. Hmm. So when censorship ends all of the people who you know have been worried to speak out because they are afraid of having their Twitter account banned or their YouTube account shut down or all they'll all start speaking out so i think it's only a matter of time before that day comes
0: Isn't that interesting you know it's funny you said the strong men of silicon valley and i like that way of thinking because it like the carnegies and like the rockefellers of their day they are brutal uh, monopolists except for they control things that Rockefeller would never dream of controlling. I mean, sure he had steel and railways and coal. but to control everything you read, everything you see, everything unknown about the world, all your communications, never before has that power been concentrated. But I can't help but chuckle that I mean, I, I imagine some of these people as they look to us now and calling Mark Zuckerberg or Jack Dorsey a strong man.
2: <laughs> you know physically
0: they appear to be the most defeat uh, woke, leftist, but you're right. Uh, beneath that fuzzy exterior, they are brutal strongmen in their own way, aren't they?
2: Yeah, yeah. They, they don't look the part with their rainbow logos and their ridiculous beards and hoodies, but uh, they, they've accumulated a vast amount of power and it has to be addressed.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. Well, listen, Alan, it's great to see you again. I want to give a shout out again to your column in Breitbart.com. The headline is, Survey, Americans trust a big tech drops to all-time low. Isn't that the truth? But maybe a glimmer of hope from Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court. Great to see you again. Thanks for your time today.
2: Thanks, Ezra. All right,
0: there you have it. Alan Bokari, senior tech writer at Breitbart.com. Stay with us more. On the show on Friday, Danik points out very good points. Hope O'Toole will finally start listening to good advice. You know, my first piece of advice to Aaron O'Toole was the strangest. It was go cold turkey, don't talk to the media party, let's say for a month. Now you might say, how is that good advice? Because if you force yourself not to talk to the media party, that gets at the real problem, which is his love, his deference, his submissiveness, his care aboutness caring about the media party, if you say, I'm not going to talk to them, even if they're nice to me, then you can move on in your life and deal with the real media. Ryan writes, as we make great points about common sense policies that could win an election, I don't think O'Toole will listen. You're not going to win the election unless you take on the lockdown from a conservative point of view. It, no one's caring about global warming. And if you have to have controversies, and controversies will come, why not choose controvers- controversies where the people are with you 7 to 3, 8 to 2, you know, 9 to 1, like stopping trans uh, athletes from competing in girls sports leagues. What's that? 90% in the polls? Martin writes, O'Toole seems like the guy who's going to have a party after finishing second, although second place was more or less guaranteed by historical factors. Really? Uh, there are upset elections all the time. I think of Mike Harris, the Premier of Ontario, who had an upset election a couple decades ago now. I think one thing's for sure, if you don't put forward conservative policies with a conservative vision and conservative message, you will lose for sure. I keep coming back to Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor. He won in a very tight race, but he has done so well by leading and not being afraid, now it looks inevitable in retrospect. Aaron O'Toole is the opposite of Ron DeSantis. He simply doesn't know how to communicate conservative ideas. And most importantly, he actually cares what the liberal media think of him. He's going to lose. Well, my friends, that's the show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all the us here at Rebel World headquarters, to stay you at home, good night. And keep fighting for freedom.